me at ease right away, which was pretty awesome. And, uh, but yeah, that was fun, man. I mean, and then what he said at the end, I mean, I don't know if you saw me smiling, but I was like, that's high praise coming from a guy like that. Who's interviewed had the biggest interviews out there, you know, he's, yeah. Kobe. he's, he's interviewed as big as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that's bigger great. than Kobe Bryant and Mark Cuban. Yeah. President. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That's about it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that, like, that, 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 he seemed pretty you, uh, genuine. He, he seemed pretty genuine, you know? I, yeah. I was impressed. Yeah. I was too. He was, uh, like I said, I was super nervous all day and you know, it was, it's natural. Right. But, um, he, uh, he was easy to interview and yeah. easy to talk to and just a good guy. So I, I was really happy with it and having carbon on after was really nice too, to kind of break it down, but been looking forward to this too, man. So, I mean, this is after hours. Welcome everybody to, the, Oh, I gotta, I gotta just, uh, I, I'm so. I'm a little, you know, it's a little bit of a high after that. I've got to put on, there we go. There's the after hours uh, banner. We got to get that up going on up there. And I'm also going to roll uh, right here. Subscribe to James's channel on YouTube. It's called In The Moment Sports Cards. Brand new launch, I believe, James. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow will be my fourth episode, I think. Fourth or fifth episode. Yeah. All right. So let's let's jump in, man, because, you know, um, <clears throat> I know you a little bit. The way the way that James and I know each other, for the most part, is that as some of you guys will know, I do a I, I guest host once or twice a month on Hobby Hotline, which is a collection of of content creators. We have Dr. James Beckett is a guest host, a lot like myself, Brian Gray, Brody the Kid. And then there's the roster of uh, the regulars, Rich Klein being in there, Drew Herndon, um, John Newman. You've got Val, you've got Chris, you've got all these guys, and we kind of rotate in. And uh, and you, James, you're a, a regular, it's a call-in show. It's a live hobby call-in show, and you're one of the more regular live call-ins. And that's how I know you from calling into the show. Um, and then we chat, we were chatting, and, and you know, we just said, hey, let's, uh, you want to come on after hours and hang out with me one night? And here we are. Here we are. Just so happened to be the night that Patrick was coming on. And he, he his original date was going to be next Saturday, and then he had a conflict, so we moved him up to tonight, and that's why the coincidence is that you are uh, your after hours episode um, flows right after that. So why don't you? I'm going to take a break from talking for a minute. Why don't you uh, let me and the audience know quick, uh, you know, relatively quickly, just a bit about your your history in the hobby and uh, what you know what got you what what brought you back and when? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, you know, I come back to what really Patrick is really at heart. And he mentioned a couple of things that I noted that really come back to, he's a collector, right? Like, and, and at, at, even though there's a lot of people in flipping, trying to make money, investing and such, at heart, they're a collector, or at least the majority of them are collectors, right? So, you know, like you, I was a kid back in the late eighties, early nineties collecting, got out of it, right? And um, I got brought back in and I was trying to think about what kind of led me to tops now, right? Which is, I mentioned to you, and I mentioned to a lot of people is the product that actually got me back into card collecting. Um, but how did I get there? And it's, I guess it's a bit of an odd story. Like I'm a collector at heart. I've always collected many things. And, you know, I look over to my, my left here and I see Funko Pops and, and Coca-Cola bottles and I've got the comic books and other stuff. 
Um, but I'm a hat collector and I've been a hat collector for probably the better part of almost 10 years now. And uh, one of the things, so I've got lots of visuals here. One of the things that kind of led me back into card collecting was these relic cards. Okay. So yeah. uh, there were uh, lids, which is one of the larger hat retailers. So this was 2017. They put out, they gave out these free packs of cards and there were chances at relics. Um, and I, through hat collecting, I, I found this guy that actually worked for lids in the warehouse. He's like, I got four boxes of 300 packs for you. Do you want them? Absolutely. Right. And I ended up hitting, which were actually the first cards that I ever graded, uh, a parallel of Marcus Stroman, a relic of, uh, Bryce Harper and then a, a, a relic of Kyle Schwarber. And these were hard to hit. Like, again, I opened three, like 300 packs of these things and I only hit three relics, right? So they were really hard to find. So somehow I ended up on the Topps website and found out about Topps now in 2017. Um, and yeah, it just kind of, blew up from there really uh, just got into back into card collecting and and I really liked with Topps now and all the other you know uh, on-demand cards I like that I know what I'm getting not that it's not a thrill to pull a pack you know a hit out of a pack but with these other cards I know what I'm getting Sorry, hold on. I'm not, I can't. Can you hear me?
Oh my God, I've been muted that whole time. I've been muted that whole time. <laughs> Shit. That's why we lost James. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Okay, I apologize for that, guys. Here's what happened. I'll let you know what happened very quickly. I had muted myself on my microphone because I was burping. I had to burp and James was talking and I didn't want everyone to hear. So I muted myself and then I forget to unmute myself. So what's happened? Five minutes of me, my mouth moving and nothing happening. So I apologize for that, everybody. And I'm too high. I'm too low in the comments. Uh, James, that that was all me, man. That was all my fault. Oh. <laughs> That was my fault. I feel like I feel like such an idiot. So what happened was I had you were talking. I had to burp. So I muted my mic. Let it know very, very discreetly. I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I went on for a good five minutes and no one could hear me. And oh, anyway. All right. All right. Don't yeah. worry. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> no problem. Um yeah, so what were you talking about? I thought I saw you showing your mail call. I yeah. was showing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm going to back up in time here. I'm going to back up. Evan Thomas said, why don't you ever show any of your cards? I said, okay, I'll show. I got a ComC shipment came today. <laughs> ComC order came in today. I It came in on Friday, but they didn't leave it at the door. I had to go pick it up. I picked it up today, and I showed my doctor Jim Beckett rookie card from, 20, from 1992 tops. <clears throat> okay, there's my Dr. Beckett rookie card. And then I showed my... Zygmunt Palfi, Bowman's best refractor, which is a bit of a funny story because a bunch of the, you know, Car Carlos and Amish Dave Archer and and uh, Broncos Steve, these guys kind of have fun talking about Ziggy Palfi, and he was a great player. Yara Muriagur Light, we would say. I love this card, very sparkly, really awesome. I got it for $12 on Com C, so like a third of the price of what it costs to grade it, most nice. likely. Yeah. And it's just pretty awesome. So yeah, I showed a couple of cards. I went through a couple more. Evan, thank you for loving the show. That's too funny. It's a good thing it happened now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, better with you. I, I Sorry to say, James, but better with you than with Patrick or David. No worries. No worries. Okay, that's too fun. Oh, my gosh. There's gonna, even So this goes to podcast, too. The podcast is going to be five minutes of silence, <laughs> and then it's going to come up again. It's okay. I'll put a warning in for people. That's hilarious. Oh, so, so here's a question. LeBron says, is Project 70 going to be Project 2020 Part 2? Please, no. <laughs> no, please, no. So, so yeah, so one of the things, and this is, you know, you and I were talking about this before, and this is kind of how you get to know me is, um, so I'm also in Canada. I live in Toronto. And um, as you know, buying cards from the States, it's expensive, right? Like, yeah. Shipping's crazy. Like you buy one card from Tops that's ten bucks, and you're paying ten bucks in shipping, right? Just it's right. ridiculous. So that's one of the things I do is I run group buys, and uh, you know we, you were mentioning uh, we were mentioning Velocity Group and in, in Facebook, which is a Canadian based Canadian collector group, and um, that's I run those uh, group buys to make it cheaper because with Tops you can get volume discounts you buy 20 cards and the cost per card comes down to like five bucks or whatever let's say for a top snap card so i was running group buys i ran a group buy for project 2020 <laughs> and i thought okay if it's anything like tops now or living set you know the demand will be this much right it'll be manageable 
yeah, I'm still sitting with boxes <laughs> in my corner over here that I got to ship out because I'm waiting for cards to, sh to, to, to come in and it's, it was time consuming. So I really wish that project 70 is not going to be like 2020 because it was, it was crazy. So let me ask you this project 2020 was 20 artists, 20 cards, 400 total cards in the set. What's the structure of project 70? So from what I understand that I've read so far, because uh, there's smattering of information that's come out, it's 31 artists and they each get to do 20 cards. So 620 yeah. cards. That's a yeah. so that's bigger. So it, it, it's a bigger beast than project 2020 was. Very much so. Yeah. 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 And well, it's, you're, you're going to have your work cut out for you then. Because I want to just take a second too and let you guys know. So what, what James does is you've you've aligned yourself with Nelson Wang, who was the first uh, first second guest yeah. ever on the new Cardboard Culture Show, hosted by Amit and Kent Wong, and uh, they had Nelson on to talk about his his involvement with Velocity, which is the name of the Facebook group, and you then. You, are you there, buddy? Can you? You're yeah, there. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Uh, now I'm all paranoid that we're someone going to get <laughs> muted again, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll. So you've now aligned yourself or dedicated your time and efforts to that group to help the members of that group buy in at a lower price so they don't have to go direct from tops, pay the shipping on one card. You're basically bulk buying on behalf of a, a bunch of people, yeah, exactly. yeah. which is pretty awesome. And that's why you're saying, because you do this, you're a little intimidated by Project 70 with how much work that might be for you. Yeah, that's right. And and I'm a, like all of these guys that I, I run the group buys with, I'm a collector. I'm, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I made, like, I marked up the cards so that I made a couple of bucks, right? But I, I'm doing it so that I get a card cheaper and then everybody else is getting a card cheaper. But it was so time consuming. Like it was just, it was at one point and it doesn't sound like a lot, but I had about three to 400 tops project 2020 cards sitting in my house at once <laughs> at the peak of when they all came in. And that's, that was a challenge because you had to open up every single one to see which card it was. It was in bubble wrap. It was in the cardboard. You had to see which one it was just to see, okay, this card, this guy gets this card and this guy gets this card, right? And then throw in autos and throw in foils and having to random those off. It was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> okay, man, let's, let's have some fun now. Let's go through the comments sure. since, since I went dark on, on the, on the audience and let's see, let's see how many people were like laughing at me here. Okay. We have lucky K. Hello. Hello to you. Lucky. We're going to do the comments now. Hello to you. Lucky. Uh, Chris says, seems, it seems like 2020 on steroids makes sense. And it's going to be like a 50% uh, larger set. So that makes sense. Ryan O'Hara, welcome, says, just finished your show. Amazing stuff. Thanks for the ongoing content. You are welcome. Thank you for tuning in to you, Ryan, and everybody else, of course. Chris Carter says, if any Canadian ComC users are here, I have a question for you. Well, Chris Carter, I can tell you I'm a ComC user. I just received my delivery, as I said, a few minutes ago. And then I said silently about 10 minutes ago, too. But I just received an order today. And I had to go. You know, I, I chose a higher amount for shipping, but I chose duties unpaid. And I had to go pick it up at the post office. Cost me like 70, $72 for duties, but that's probably 5% of the value of what I bought. So it's probably what? What's that? 12, 13, 1400 bucks worth of cards I bought cost me 70 bucks in GST, most likely. 
LeBron says, people here hoping to have a semi-stop for Project 2020. Is this too soon? There was no stop, right? It's like from one to the other. Here we go. Jeremy, you're muted. Jeremy, you're muted. We can't hear you, Jeremy. Jeremy is muted. Can't hear Jeremy. Jeremy, it's you. Yeah, that's right. I wish I saw it. I didn't know. Jeremy, you muted yourself. Can't hear you. He's muted. Colin's laughing at me. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. I hear nothing. Laughing. Can't hear. This I love this. This conversation seems interesting, but I'm not sure what you were saying. <laughs> who can who can read lips? I can just imagine like that went on for five minutes. That's a long time. And hearing you and I talked about, you know, like if, if I had technical problems, just leave and come back and we'll not talk right. anymore, right? Yeah. Yes. He's gonna be some embarrassed. <laughs> You're right, man. Some embarrassed I was, I still am. Peter says he will come back, and that is the meaning of life and card collecting in a nutshell. There you go. What is he saying? I can sort of read lips. Going to need the transcript. That's my question. He's not answering. Listing every card on his buy list. Yeah, right. Wouldn't that be funny? I, I would only do that in mute. Only in mute. Colin is now laughing harder. Now he's laughing his ass off on me. Jordan says, Jim Beckett, true gem. Yes, I was showing off my, my Dr. Beckett tops rookie card which I bought on Com C. It's a true gem. How long until we can start hearing him again? I can't hear. Once he reads chat and realizes exactly, this is hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really interested in what you're showing. Is it too much to ask you to repeat what you're saying in regards to your personal collection? You're muted. Has someone texted him? It's the goat of goats, Ziggy Palfy. Yes, we showed the Ziggy Palfy. Bowman Refractor. I love this card. I can't wait to look at it in like normal light right now because it's super glittery. Like, look at that thing. Yeah. And it's Palfy. Who can go wrong with the Palfy card? Mic check, one, two, three. <laughs> this is torture. I've been waiting for this for weeks. Oh, sorry, Evan. I hope you're still here. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Peter Chow. It's literally the only question that he can respond to for seven hours without needing to review comments. <laughs> I'm phoning. Thank you, Colin. This will be fun to watch back. Please redo this for me. This is killing me. Five minutes of muted. <laughs> I can read his lips. Bobby says, I can read his lips. He's saying, bye, Gretzky. Someone got a clock on. Oh, this went on for way too long. I have someone texting him as well. I thought he was saying, drink Ovaltine. <laughs> no, Bobby. There he is. Yep. Yeah, huh? Okay. Yeah. Thank you for staying, guys, through that. I, I, I'm not so. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate that. Tiger, like Saturday Night Live, when you were just about to find out if Pat was male or female and everything goes blank. <laughs> Unbelievable. All I want is the story behind those cards. Evan, if you're still there, I, I hope I gave them to you to your satisfaction. <laughs> Loyal Watchers State, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys. Tiger laughs. Ten minutes. Oh, my God. Let's keep going here. Mike, check one, two, three. All good. You made some great points during that five minutes, Jerry. I'm not sure what they were. If the NBA got licensed to print Metal Universe, would that set be bigger than Prism? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't. You know what? I I do not know enough about bas basketball. I cannot answer that. And and actually, I hear about Metal Universe from your show. So 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 educate me. Educate. Yeah. So you know, I'll, let me answer the question first, and then I'll educate you a little bit. So I think the answer is yes, but but with a caveat. The caveat being that I don't think that you know Jordan says the NBA, but I think you mean like Panini or Upper Deck were to do bring back the Metal Universe brand, which would. Probably it could only be upper deck. They own it. But 
let's just say for sake of discussion that Panini had it. I don't know that they would produce it to the same quantity that they produce Prism. So would it be bigger? Probably not from a top line revenue perspective for Panini. Would it be more desirable? I think uh, I think without a doubt it would be, without a doubt. My thoughts. Uh, but to educate you, uh, James, it first came out in 1996 in hockey. Uh, to, to average fanfare, it came out in 1997 in basketball. That's where the PMGs come from, the PMG greens and reds. That are like that are the cat's meow in the hobby, yeah, yeah. and uh, and now Upper Deck is bringing it back. They're bringing what they're calling Skybox Metal Universe. That's going to come back in April. It's going to be an awesome set. They're bringing back a lot of the uh, the rare inserts from that first basketball year in 1997, including PMGs, which we've seen since in other in other Fleer brands. But they're bringing it back. But they're also bringing back the platinum portraits, which are amazing, amazing cards, uh, among among others. And it's a it's a brand that I'm super excited about. Um, uh, Billy at Upper Deck, who is the product developer for that, he consulted with me for about six months leading up to it. So I actually have a bit of a bit of a kind of have a horse in the race, if you will, and that I had a bit of influence on it. And that's really exciting for me as a collector to be able to now open up that product and find some inserts that I had a a, a bit of a hand in. Them being in there, so that's super cool. So, so, there you go. so this is a this is a basketball product, right? No, this is hockey. They're bringing it back. They're okay. bringing back the brand in hockey. In hockey. They, they can't do it in basketball. They don't have oh, the. Basketball they don't have, license. Was, yeah, that was my question because they don't have the the license, but they had they previously had the license. So, was it initially a hockey or sorry a a basketball brand or did it did they release it for both hockey and basketball? And baseball and football. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now because the PMGs from basketball were the first to really take off, especially when in about February, I want to say of 2019, when Nat Turner purchased the green PMG Michael Jordan on eBay from from PWCC for $350,000, that got headlines. That was a big deal. And the card was slabbed by PSA as authentic. Thought to be trimmed, I believe. Now, Nat Turner's has gone on to discuss it. He thinks it's, you know, his opinion. It looked good. He talks about it on, a, on an episode of Cardboard Chronicles on YouTube. But um, but that was what really sparked a lot of the fire under the under the brand um, recent in, in the modern times. And then it, now collectors have gone back and gone for some of the football cards, the baseball cards, and even now some of the hockey cards. The hockey set didn't have PMGs. But it has surged the interest in the uh, the retro cards that came out in 2012 when Upper Decks did a Fleer retro set in 2012. And then they did some Fleer showcase sets in 2013, 14, 15, 16. There's some cool inserts, Jambalaya's, uh, uh, Essential Credentials in those brands that have taken off and the interest has been resurged. And now they're bringing back, there hasn't been a Fleer product since I believe 2016. I think, and now they're bringing one back, but they're calling it Skybox because Upper Deck is tentative to use the Fleer name because they think that it's not taken to kindly by hockey collectors, but I'm, I think that's going to change greatly. Anyway, Skybox Metal Universe is coming. It's going to be an, an homage to those original brands, and it's going to be awesome. Interesting. Yeah. Wes, Wes Wong says, how does your wife not kick you to the curb yet? I mean, <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with with me muting myself or what else, Wes. But uh, that might be directed at oh, me. That's oh, you. that's you! That's yeah, you! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Wes is uh, 
Wes is one of the other admins in uh, Nelson's group in, on Facebook. So oh, like, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Wes, thank you for tuning in. And if you lasted through the debacle that was uh, <laughs> that was Jeremy muting himself, it's like I just wanted to burp and not disturb the the brought not disturb you or the audience. You know, I do it all the time on my show. I hit the little button here, like like here's the mic, guys. This is the mic. Yeah. Little button here. <laughs> Don't do it again. Now you can hear me, right? So that's all it was. And it flashes, but I didn't look down. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, but they can choose whatever players they want. <clears throat> yes. So I think uh, that's 13 minutes ago, that comment. I'm not sure what's related to, but it might be, oh, the play, the artists can choose what players they want to yes. produce. Right. Awesome. Evan, yep. there you are. Thanks, Jeremy. Love the Beckett card. How does that not get a 10? Yeah, well, you'd have to look at it really closely, but it's a true gem. By true gem, just in case anyone doesn't know, we mean that it's a 9.5 gem mint, but all the subgrades also got the 9.5. So I just think it's pretty cool. And, you know, now because of the show, having a relationship with Dr. Beckett, with Jim, it just kind of made me want that card. And uh, I think it's highest graded. So kind of cool, kind of cool. Uh, Chris says, I have 960-ish cards for about 6,000 USD. I want to do fastest option, which is March 2nd at $550 shipping with deliveries, un with, del with duties unpaid. Yeah, I, that's, I was weighing out options like that too, Chris. And if you're in Canada, I guess you are. If you're talking about duties, you're going to get dinged at the border because they're going to put the value. You're going to get dinged that 5% GST. So you're looking at uh, 300 US dollars right there, most likely. Do you have something to jump in with, James? Yeah, so do they not uh, – I, I thought I understood or I thought I had heard that they have uh, – ComC has an office in Vancouver. And they do, but it depends where the cards are located, not where their office is. Because even, So they have two options. One is you can – when you order up the shipment on their website, you can choose an option that has duties paid, in which case – Maybe they drive them across the border, pay the duties on your behalf at the border, and then collect them back from you by virtue of you paying them at delivery checkout. Or just have, like, it took two weeks to get these. I think I paid them probably 40, 50 bucks for shipping, and then it cost me 72 in, in delivery for 1000 bucks. So, like, 120 bucks, basically 12, a 12% 12 touch yeah. on top of the value of the card. So, maybe it was $1,200, whatever it was, but... I just wanted the cards to come and I knew I'd have to pay for them. And I just, you know what, just put on the, just go pay for them and quickly forget about it. That reset mentality, which Patrick bet David has mentioned in one of his, uh, one of his uh, videos that re the reset mentality is a quality that is um, within a lot of successful entrepreneurs. Anyway. So, so just to touch on com C um, and, and to tie in with the, the upper deck game dated, um, so these start out as digital cards, right? So this is through their, the upper deck, uh, upper deck EPAC program where they, you, you, you go on and you can open digital packs, but at some point you have the option to transfer them to a physical card. Okay. The, the handling of the physical card is managed solely by ComC. Upper deck prints them sends them off to ComC, you can either keep them in your ComC account or you can have ComC ship them to you. The problem is <laughs> uh, they take forever. 
And so, you know, from the time that you purchase the digital card, you, they wait, they make you wait about four to six weeks for you to actually transfer them to a physical card. And then you wait about four months to actually get the cards at hand. And the reason I asked you about um, the Canadian office is because when I send them to myself, when I say, yep, ship them to me, they uh, they ship them via Canada Post, like Canada Post letter mail as the option. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't explain it. No, I know. But, but you know, nice, nice, nice thing for us is that we're friends with uh, with some people at ComC, and um, while I'm while this this show is, you know, I'm I'm booked into April now with guests, but um, I'd love to have either ComC Barry, who's probably watching in the background right now, uh, come back on and help. Help un- help the audience understand the shipping options, and maybe eventually we'll get Tim Getch back on the the CEO uh, of the company too. Maybe have him uh, come back at some point in time and talk about what's going on there. I, I've been hearing a lot of uh, recently, just listening to other content creators out there. Um, I've heard lots of uh, people are losing patience. I think I, I think we can say with with you know uh, with what's going on in terms of getting cards back, getting cards processed, and I think people are not willing to give the COVID, the COVID uh, pass anymore. And, you know, I, unless you're in those four walls, it's really hard to know what's going on, but there's definitely merit to that. You've had time, you've had time and I don't know what it takes, but again, I I'm still going to say that we still don't know what's going on there. We still don't know what challenges there are. And at the end of the day, it could ruin their business. It, it, could it could it could ruin it because people are gonna get pissed so they gotta you know what or get off the pot and fix it and and if COVID is is a crutch legit or not the hobby doesn't care anymore yeah but what what matters is what's the hobby doing are you still using them or are you not because if you are that's to their advantage that that's just a, a competitive advantage that they have that their service that they offer what even though the timing isn't great it's still a pretty awesome service. I do think they have they have a great website. I still love it. I always have. I've been using it since 2013. And I get great cards there and I sell lots on there. Anyway. Yeah. But I think like, you know, it, it it something needs to change quickly. And or uh Tim, I would encourage him to get out there in front of the in front of the public and address them. Uh and if he's done that, I apologize. I haven't seen it, but you know, and Tim's a pretty open guy. I think he'd like to appease people. So maybe we'll try and get him back on the show soon and see what's going on. Well, and you know what? It's unfortunate. COVID's, it's impacted, you know, as as huge as the, you know, card collecting has exploded in the last year, it's hit tops. It's hit, you know, Upper Deck. It's hit ComC. It's hit PSA, BGS. It's impacted everybody, right? Well, come on, getting penny sleeves and top loaders is a is a joke right now, right? It's Ultra Pro, BCW. Everyone's hit right now. Yeah. yeah, and and it's you know what the the whole COVID fatigue just in our general life has carried over into card collecting, and, and, yeah. and it's fatigue, and we're we're tired of the excuse, right? We are, but the one thing we have to, I think, we still have to. Not forget though, in, in in the context of supplies, Ultra Pro, BCW, yeah. you know, they rely on factory workers. Factory workers can't line up shoulder to shoulder on an assembly line anymore. You, you, they can't do it. So there are these constraints that are caused, and then and then it's just 
the whole the whole supply chain, every step along the way, from the inputs at the the inputs, the plastic, the cardboard wrapping, the the machinery they need to scale up, additional packaging, robotics, whatever it is, everything has been has slowed down. The hobby's very impatient, very finicky, doesn't want to really you know accept any sort of excuse or or crutch. But all that said, when it comes to turnaround times, the hobby, you know, it's like, okay, enough of this COVID excuse. And I get it. I get it. We want our cards. We want it to happen. But until you truly know what's going on behind closed doors, what constraints the companies are under, there could be a COVID outbreak at the company. And they're maybe not going to tell us, but it could be in any event. Hopefully it rectifies soon. Hopefully they hopefully they rectify it and they and they become a little bit more communicative and let us know what's going on. All right, let's let's move on to something different. I, I want to go through some more comments here, James. Um, and then, but what do you what? When we come back from comments, I want you to be ready to educate us on one of these things that you are an expert in. So we've talked about tops. You touched on upper deck. There's still the Panini Instant. So let's get your head in the game for Panini Instant. And we'll talk about that in a few seconds. I want to run through these comments. Chris Carter's running through some of his options. Chris, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. What, what, sorry. What do you do here? Do you do March 15th for 290 bucks? Do you do April the 14th for $311 duties? But yeah, you got to pick one and go with it, man. I did it. Just figure that out for yourself. They are expensive and confusing. I, I hear you. The confusion, if you read each of the options, though, it, uh, you know, they're explained somewhat well, but I hear you. Peter Chow, Jeremy, you have dropped a few hints about your involvement in the upcoming Metal Universe. Can you share how that came about and what your involvement was? Very simply, Billy, a, a good friend of mine from Upper Deck, um, has been, you know, all, all I can say is that we talk. We talk and he bounces ideas off me and asks me for input. And, and when it came to that set and I was really, I've been a big fan of inserts from that set for about three years now. Um, It was obviously my, I was, it was super, super honored to be able to, to be involved with that. So yeah, that's what it was. And it it started with that product probably when he first started planning it out. So Billy could tell you better than me, but I'm guessing that was probably last May or June. We started talking about it. Jay Sutt says, James, how's your Tops Now F1 collection coming along? Uh, well, very well. <laughs> and this coming week, it'll do that much better. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I've been a racing fan for a long time. You know, pre-children, Formula One, I was heavy into Formula One. I was, again, the collector in me, I was collecting the small die-cast cars that... Uh, uh, mini champs, which is one of the better known uh, diecast companies. I was collecting those long before cards uh, or my, my come back into the, the card collecting world, but I was a huge F1 fan. So when I saw back in the summertime that tops now was going to have F1 cards, I, my mind blew. I was like, what? This is crazy. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, I've, I've collected every single one that they've put out so far. I've got two boxes of, uh, the Tops Formula One Chrome on pre-order, waiting for them. They've been pushed back like three times now. Um, yep, I have uh, about six cards coming back from no, sorry, nine cards coming back from PSA this coming week, and I'm looking forward to 
to getting those in hand and, and potentially making some, some good money on them because they are hot. Um, the Lewis Hamilton number three card from that series it's raw is selling for about 300 and then i think a ps psa 10 just sold for 1500 oh wow yeah it's huge it that sounds a little bit like what i guess the end of may in project 2020 when the you know those early cards like people a lot of people i think the card the card quantities skyrocketed at around card number 60 which was in around that may maybe early june time period but the early cards the trout ermsey and the card number one two three four five those cards were like hitting two three thousand dollars and now i don't know i i don't follow it anymore but they're they come down a lot do you see history repeating itself with the uh with the f1 no um so so again they're similar to major league baseball they're doing them based on the season Right. So the season Formula One season ended in, in December, shortened season, not that much shorter, but it's still a shortened season because of COVID. The average print run for those cards was about 1500. Lowest was about 700, which is really good uh, considering baseball, which usually there's like 900 to 1000 cards for the entire season. The average print run is about three, 400. So the Formula One print runs were were up there. Yeah. There was nothing else. There were up, you know, until the la uh, the other ones that I've seen were probably about six, seven years old. There haven't been any other Formula One trading cards for six, seven years. So, and this is a global sport. Like it's huge global, right? It, it's a it's one of the top ten sports around the world, you know, in terms of, of following. So they're they're filling a, a huge need. Um, Will the prices sustain once Dynasty comes out this coming week and Chrome comes out in April? I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. All right. Super bad says, what if that Beckett card got graded at PSA? Right? <laughs> that would be that would be like that would be pretty funny. But uh no, I bought this as is on Com C. And um if I, if I had one of these raw, I certainly would not get it graded by PSA, even though PSA is my preference in most cases. Uh, but in this case, BGS would be my, my preference for a, for a Dr. Beckett card. Barry is in the house. Come see Barry. Speak of the devil. So, Barry, if you heard uh, what we were talking about with respect to uh, Com C, and I'm, maybe you have some comments below, but um, uh, if you're there, and I don't want to put you on the spot too much, so I just will a little bit, Barry. Um, how are turnaround times looking to improve? How are we, how are we doing with that? What kind of progress are you guys making at ComC? And, um, is it, uh, is it going to start to improve? Let's leave it at that for you. If you want to pipe in, I'd appreciate it if you're still there. Okay. What else we got here? Lots, lots of stuff coming through guys. Um, Chris Carter says ComC Barry, if I'm in Canada, why is it remote? Okay. I'll let you guys have that discussion. If you have foul five ball as cases of penny sleeves, that's like gold right now. Yeah, as Kickdown says, you're sitting on a gold mine. Here's a good reason. Ultra Pro is making face shields, but are now making more sleeves and others, other top loaders not, so that's good. Colin's got 20 cases semi-rigid. Yeah, I always keep a good, invent, a, good, a good stock of supplies for myself, so I haven't experienced that need yet, but not a ton, like not tons of them, maybe four or five extra packs of, 
you know, these sorts of things, right? But they you go through them pretty quick. Super bad says PSA will grade rare cards very fast compared to common cards. And that's because you got to pay more for them. Hockey guy, Jerry, you're going to have Billy on for metal for metal release. Probably I've got Billy booked to come on in a couple of weeks, but I may push him back to that or we'll just get him on twice. We'll, we'll see how, how that goes. Chris Carter, I feel like WWE wrestling moments would be a great opportunity for digital moments. I'd be sure to buy those. Now, I don't know if he's talking about a top shot kind of moments thing, but let's assume he's talking about more of a direct to consumer type of product. How do you, uh, how do you think James that that would work um, for the hobby for wrestling cards? So tops now they're, they do WWE cards. All right. Yeah. They've done them for uh, since 2017, actually we're 2016, even maybe the same year that uh, they started baseball. Um, And they're still putting out, Cards for the big, you know, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, you know, all those those larger pay-per-view events. They come out with um, Topps Now cards. They've they just started a living set card, uh, a living uh, the living set. I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the living uh, Topps. I am. I am. It's the ongoing, never-ending set, right? Yes. Yeah. So they just launched uh, wrestling uh, living set. They're doing a monthly um, greatest history moments or greatest moments in WWE history. Um, they just lost uh, UFC um, Panini. to Panini, which was a, a, a fairly big deal, right? And for for Panini to pick that up, Tops was uh, doing Tops now cards for them. Uh, they're over there. Um, they weren't doing them frequently, but. They were fairly popular, um, and they didn't. They should have been doing them. Uh, I would say more frequently. They, uh, you know, there's a couple of collectors that I know that are heavy into to UFC, and they would say, "Have you seen if Tom Snell is doing a card this weekend? There was a really big match." I'm going, "Doesn't look like it." Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Panini does some uh, of the instant cards. Yeah, for sure. Chris Carter, he does clarify that I meant Top Shots digital clip style and. I mean, my thoughts on that, Chris and James and everybody else is like Top Shot is obviously a success, you know, and they're working out their kinks, but it's a success from a business standpoint for them. And I think some of their uh, enthusiasts have made some good money. We had Chris Vegas Find 777 on the show a couple, two weekends ago, I believe. And he's, you know, he's in all, he's in full out into, into the, into Top Shot. And uh, so, you know, he's done well with it. Um I would think that would be an opportunity. You know, it's it's like there's going to be fans of every sport that would that would be willing to dip their toes into the top shot uh, program, business uh, model, product offering, serve whatever it is, digital product offering. So I think it would be a success if those wrestling fans want it, which I think some of them probably would. We tend to have spillover, you know, all over the hobby. So I don't see why it wouldn't. But that'd be yeah, cool idea. Hey, Vince McMahon is all about money, right? The McMahon family that runs WWE and owns WWE, they're all about money. So I I could see them wanting to do it. Yeah, yeah, makes sense to me. Jordan says, James, what are your thoughts on the upcoming F1 Tops Dynasty and Tops Chrome releases? So Dynasty Checklist just came out uh, this past week. It's dropping next week. Again, it was delayed about three times. Dynasty is an expensive product. And, you know, you're guaranteed one auto, one relic auto. Um, the checklist has the big names like Lewis Hamilton, but it's also got 
some of the smaller names and and even some of the the team principles and and uh, constructor principles. I'm not buying into it. It's too expensive for me. Um, Chrome, I'm excited about. Like I said, I've got two hobby boxes on order. Uh, the price of those have already gone up. I bought in at 160 through Dave and Adams, and it's already up to. I think it's probably close to 200 now, if not more. I haven't looked at, at it all lately. It's going to be popular. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Kickdown says, by the time I started looking at Lewis Hamilton cards, I had already missed the boat. He's pretty expensive. Yeah. And Barry clarifies for Chris Card, the orders are all generated in the U.S., not in Canada. So there you go. So I think it has to do that driving over the border or not sort of thing. Either they'll ship them from there or, they, or they'll drive them and ship them from Canada, in which case you got to pay them up front. Um, here we go, Jordan, for a question for you. What chance do you think VER has? I don't know what that is. Is that a Verstappen? Rate? Yeah, uh, Verstappen, one of the bigger drivers. Okay, what chance do you think that guy has of winning the F1 championship in 2021? Uh, he's back with Ferrari, I think, Jordan. I can't remember. Um, it, Lewis Hamilton's still with Mercedes, and they're the team to beat. Right. They, you, you know, again, I really only started back watching full time F1 this past year and they're at the front of the, the race every single weekend. You know, they're on, they're on one, two pole and no one's beating them. So I, I, I think Ferrari's really got to pull up their socks and build a better car. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. There, there you go to, uh, to Jordan and my buddy Joe from Santa Cruz, California says, I especially like Panini instant for games. I attended what a great way to hold on to a memory. Got some cool Steph green. Yeah. yeah Joe's a big warriors fan. So yeah, that that's, that's a, that is a special thing. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes you can see a card and you know what it's, what event it's for, you know, obviously not these direct to consumer, these instant cards or game dated, but it's just neat. It reminds me of the, um, I forget the player's card. Oh, it's uh, Pierre Turgeon. I think it's Pierre Sylvain Turgeon. One of the Turgeon brothers has a card from the 90s. And in that card, you can see the first row or two of the crowd, of the, of the, of the crowd right behind the glass. And in that crowd, sitting with his father, is a young Patrick Kane, the sniper for the Chicago Blackhawks. And that's kind of, a, you know, it's totally a different thing. I know it's just where my mind went, but pretty cool. And if you're Patrick Kane, maybe you want that card because now you're playing the actual sport for yourself. But yeah, it's really cool what Joe mentions, right? It's kind of like ticket stubs. Ticket stubs have that same sort of nostalgic uh, association to the event itself. What, what are yeah. your thoughts on that, James? This is why I am drawn to Topps Now, Panini Instant, Upper Deck Game Data, because the photos they use for the cards are photos from those games. Yeah. They, they, they're uh, tops now uh, uses only Getty images, photos that are, that are taken from those games. Um, there have been a two or three games that I've been to blue Jay games that I've been to that they did a baseball card. And I, it was, it's great. I can say, Hey, I was here for this moment. Right. Like yeah. it's in, oh, and that may, that makes me, you should autograph the card then. <laughs> you were there. Yeah, why not? But you know, it, it, I look at, and there's an uh, there's an ongoing joke that I have with another collector about um, true rookie cards, and um, there have been many cases where the debut card for 
a particular baseball player has been their tops now card, their their tops now debut card or debut game. And it is a picture of, from their very first MLB game. Like it's the how how much better could you get from than that, right? Doesn't get much more rookie card than yeah, that. That's really. right. So and and in the market, in, in the hobby market right now, are those cards highly desirable versus some of their more traditional rookie cards or the opposite? The value this is the downside with with tops now. They don't hold their value. The the autograph cards, some of the autograph cards do. So every so often, again, it, depending on if it's a um, like a major moment, like Trout hits his 300th home run or something like that, or um, Vlad Jr. hit his debut home run, they offer up an autograph card for that moment. Um, they don't hold value. They, they I will say Topps does a good uh, job of valuing or the what the retail price is for that card. They tend to stay within the market price for an autograph card of that player, but the secondary value isn't there. It, it is these cards are really true collector cards. There's there are some that have done well, you know, like the Lewis Hamilton that I mentioned, yeah. but most of them they stay at they stay at cost. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Appreciate that. Um, Barry Barry speaks now. ComC Barry, again, this is Barry, works at ComC, works in the Canadian office, just so everyone uh, understands, addresses the issue. says, it's a mix of COVID, social distancing, and the increased order demand. We've been hiring continuously and shipping since last summer. Okay, so Barry, and I, this isn't, this isn't, I don't want to become a, an attack on ComC or anything like that. That's not the spirit of the show. This is James' episode. James, oh, I, you're very still, man. You're like, you're, you're, you're <laughs> You're like a cat about to pounce. I'm like, is he frozen or not? You're just very still. No, 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 no issues, no issues. Very still. But um, this is, you know, this James episode of After Hours, which I uh, forgot to put the boy. I'm off my game after Patrick Bet David. There we go. Let's get that back up there. But um, I, I do want to say, Barry, you know, so how how has it has it improved? Has has shipping improved since last summer? Because a lot of people would say it hasn't. So I just want to just Barry, if you want to throw another comment up there, just letting us know sort of um when when the when the customers are going to start to notice an improvement i think i think that's what people would like to know uh wes wong says five thousand dollars a case now for f1 chrome that ain't cheap barry goes on to say I, this is with respect to to skybox metal universe coming out he says i can imagine upper deck adding lebron james michael jordan or tiger woods in plain clothes as inserts and parallels as easter eggs in skybox metal universe and he says that because Upper Deck has the exclusive rights to put these guys into trading cards. So maybe not LeBron. LeBron has uh, Panini cards, but uh, but as far as uh, Jordan and, and Tiger Wood goes, they don't have Panini cards. And um, so that's that might actually be a reason why Metal Universe will be even better than I, because if they're doing that, I know nothing about it. And I'm hoping they are because Upper Deck can be sneaky like that and put those types of Easter eggs in. It reminds me of Goodwin Champions a little bit. So that'd be really cool. Jordan lets us know Tops Chrome F1 now up to 450 per box. Wow. 450 per box. Again, we hear from JSUT. Crazy. I always want to, J, Jace, I need to know how to say your name, man, because you, you watch quite a bit and I don't ever know. Jace, I'm going to stick with Jace until you uh, correct me. Hockey guy, I wonder what Comp C order pull times are and if they could be cut down feasibly. Interesting. V still with Ferrari. Yep. I mean Red Bull. Okay. Yep. Uh, 
pin it's the pinnacle uh, barry knows it's the pin 1994-95 pinnacle sylvain turgeon that has a very young uh patrick kane in the, and you can see him easily he is you see him there it's not like you barely know he's there he's there front and center on the card it's really cool Wes Wong says, and then there are plays where Getty didn't get, and you wonder how they missed the moment. So, so I know the one that again, I Wes and I have had this conversation before, and I know which one Wes is talking about. So there was a game in 2019. Uh, Wes, remind me who it was, but it, he's no longer with the team. He was a shortstop. They were playing in Oakland, um, and it was a pop fly, high pop fly, nothing deep, shallow, shallow field, and he was running back. And he he had he did a barehanded catch, and I'm going. It, it had to be one of the plays of the year. Yeah, no photo. Sure. No photo. They Very missed. Cool. Yeah. I want to let Jordan know. Wait, we'll do Jordan's question. Says, Jeremy, will you be showing us some highlights from your Com C shipment? I mean, I wasn't planning on it because uh, it is late where James is right now. James, give me an idea. How much longer do you want to go for? I need about thirty. I'm good. Another half hour. Okay. I might, Jordan, but Jordan, I know you'd probably rather see an update from the Sports Cards Live Fantasy hockey pool that we did. And so we'll we'll do an update on that. Cause I couldn't I I last time you asked for it, Jordan. I was like, no time. And then I said, okay, we'll do it. And then I forgot. And I apologize to you for that, but we'll do it tonight. We'll show I have it up on my screen. We'll show that shortly. Sam Walter says, I got some cards sent out of Com C. Good. Got two MJ Beam T95 Beam teams and a star. Oh, I got the star power myself. Beautiful card. Nice card, Sam. And thanks for joining us tonight. Tiger Jordan says LeBron's Panini Instant 2016 Finals Game 7 block card is epic. Probably his most iconic moment as a player. That see, To me, that should be an important card. It might have the fact that it's an instant that works against it. But maybe give take a, take a minute, James, and talk a bit about Panini Instant. You've talked about the others more. Okay. So... This was my first Panini Instant card. Actually, I lie. This wasn't my first because I got some of the 20. I picked up some of the 2019 Raptors uh, playoff cards. But this was Zion's debut. Okay. <laughs> Take this into perspective. I don't know how well. Yeah, not bad. There are only 5,600 of these cards. Oh, that's that's relatively low. How many prisms are there graded? <laughs> that's what I'm comparing it to in my mind. You know, that's yeah. not 15 or 20,000. So, right. So, you know, like this is, this is what I, this is the other part that I like about Panini and Tops now and now Upper Deck. You know, the print runs. You're not guessing, you, you're not guessing if there are 2 million prism, right? Or 2 million, whatever. You know, there are. 5,600 of these, okay? So, but yet, now the PSA 10s on these, they are doing fairly well. I think they're up to about 80 to to $100. But compared to a Prism, which is what, 5K now, right? Right. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, it looks like a nice card to me. That looks yeah, really it nice. is. It, the quality, this is the only complaint that I have about the Panini Instant there the quality isn't there um there anything above a not like even a psa 9 is is difficult to get so they, what's wrong is it the quality of the paper that they're on is it the centering is it the print job is it what is it they have these hanging chads <laughs> so every single card 
they're not cut well. They've got these little chads hanging off the, the corner. Um, yeah, the corners are just not well. I will say they Panini ships them in top loaders and penny sleeves, right? Yeah. Who else is going to put put uh, uh, masking or this tape on the top, right? Like like no one does, right? But so they send it. So that which is one advantage. You don't have to worry about penny sleeves and, and top loaders. But I have to wonder the if the people that are putting them in are not taking good care of them. Right. Fair, fair question, man. Fair question. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, in the long run, that'll, that will hurt the product. I would think not, not the future values as much as the future releases. Like yeah. people may just stop buying them or at least reduce their purchase frequency. As Carvin said, it's a repeat purchase model, the sports card industry. They're not looking for one, a one, one and done sort of thing. All right. Jordan says uh, to both of us, the market for base cards with Kobe LeBron, MJ Kobe, both on the card has exploded. Are there any base cards you are aware of with Gretzky, Lemieux, Crosby, Ovechkin, et cetera, thoughts? The only card that comes to mind for me there, Jordan, is the 1983 team. I think it's a team leaders card that has Mark Messier and Wayne Gretzky on it, but it's an 80s card. It's, you know, it, it got a lot of love in the early 90s because it was the only card to feature both of them, but nothing from modern comes to mind for me. Uh, anything for you, James, come to mind in terms of a couple of, ho- couple of top hockey players on a card together? Uh, no, see, I'm not, I'm not a big hockey guy. I'm honestly not. I'm, I'm a more baseball guy than anything. I and mean, he's Canadian guys. He's Canadian. <laughs> I am. I am. But listen, I'm a Leafs fan, right? That, that explains yeah. it all. Okay. So yeah. Um, you just, you just don't know. You just, you don't remember what it's like to win. That's exactly it. <laughs> Where it's all my Leaf fan friends and I have a lot of you. So, okay. So here's a card. So here's a here's a, a very unique tops now card, okay. Uh, Puig World Series from 2018. Yeah. Okay. Nothing nothing huge. What was it? Uh, home run, three run homer. Okay. It's the back of the card. I don't know how hard this will be. Like an action shot or something. See this guy? Yes. Sort of. Kobe Bryant. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We we can't. It's really hard to see, but yeah, I know. Super cool, man. Yeah. Is he in that white? Is he wearing that white shirt? Is that what that is? Right there. Okay. Very very neat. Just have the uh, so to Jordan's question. You know, I I know what he's what Cardi's talking about when he mentions the LeBron Kobe card that tops Chrome. I forget what year it's from, but it's a stunning stunning card. It's a horizontal. You know, but we've talked of talking about um, cameo cards, you know, just where those there's people that collect cameo cards. I think cameo cards are pretty cool, especially if you've exhausted your player list. You know, if you collect a player and you're kind of done, you want to now chase some more uh, oddball or just additional pieces. Look for cameos. That's kind of a cool, a cool theme for a collection as well. One of the famous ones is um, the Mendez brothers, right? The, yeah. The, yeah. Which, which player is it? I forget the player. It's a hoops card from yeah. 1990. I think it's a 90, 91, or is it 91, 92? But it's one of the first year. I think it's the second year hoops because it had the silver, uh, the silver border. Yeah, that that's that yeah, that's a neat one for sure. Sam says my orders come in ten days before it's supposed to come from ComC. Well, that's encouraging. Chris Carter says James is that a vintage Labatt fifty hat? Yes, it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay, you a hip fan? 
Mission 50. Oh, 50 mission cap. 50 mission cap, the tragically hip. Fishing trip. Oh, that's a cool hat. So I designed this. Oh, you did. Cool. Yeah. Do you sell them? I, I did. I've sold them quite a few times. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm a hat collector, and I've I've gotten connections that I've been able to design my own, and I've designed about four, uh, five or six uh, hip hats now, and cool. I don't make any money off of them. I sell them at cost plus ten bucks, and I don't the, donate the ten bucks. Cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a nice hat, and it looks like the Labatt Fifty yeah. logo, but you yeah. did that on purpose, right yeah. on. Cool. <laughs> All right, let's do some more comments here. Uh, Chris says, I rearranged my store inventory multiple times to cut down on order pull time. Speaking to Com C. Jordan, uh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Joe, ouch. LeBron Block, yep, from a Dubs fan. Uh, love that Messier Gretzky card. Yeah, Peeps, I don't know if you remember, Peeps, but in the early 90s, there was a big run on that particular card. It got a ton of, and this is before grading and all that. That card got a ton of love back then. Now, you don't hear about it. Maybe now that we're talking about it tonight, maybe some people will go looking for it. But it's a kind of card that personally not interested in for my personal collection, unless it's, you know, in a high grade PSA 9, 10 sort of thing. Otherwise, it's just another 80s team leader, you know, super action, inaction type card, which I'm just not a humongous fan of those. Yeah. Tiger Jordan says the LeBron 2016 finals block Panini instant card with red border has a print run of 521. That's low. Green border, much more rare out of 25. Very cool. Peeps reminds everybody, don't forget to hit the, hit the thumbs up button. Even do, even with that gaff earlier on where I muted myself. Still appreciate those thumbs up, guys. And that subscription, if you haven't subscribed to the video, subscribe. If you have not enjoyed the content tonight, still subscribe. Still subscribe. <laughs> Just a comment on on the uh, the Panini instant um so so yeah so they they do three versions they do the base version which is a an open run and it's usually about 48 hours that they they uh they sell them for and again it's an open run um and then they do the green which is out of 10 now it's out of 10 and then they do a black version which is a, a one of one okay oh really and is then that like a lottery thing where one of the people who order no how do you buy that one of one they they go on sale usually about 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so it's first come, first serve. So are the bots getting those or are humans getting them? I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. That's yeah. I'd like to see that be as long hey, if it's fair, I'm all good. But yeah. um, you know, as, as you know, on behalf of like the hobby, if they're if it's not fair, that would kind of suck, you know, because when you're opening packs, everyone has that same shot at that one of one, right? Cause you don't know what's inside at all. But if it's these direct to consumer one of ones that way, I, I like the way tops did with project 2020 with the, what were there like 20 gold bordered uh, silver? No, no. You could buy the printing, the yeah. artist proofs, but there was, was it one special? Oh, yeah, they uh, did. They did. Uh, they did two, right? So they did the, the regular base card, which again was um, open. And yeah. then they would mix in a one of one gold frame into orders. Then they had uh, out of a hundred proofs. Yeah, the AP out of I want to say 20. 20. 20. 
Sorry, you're right, 20, which were silver-framed. Silver-framed, right. I like how they did it with the gold-bordered 101, where everybody who ordered the open print run card for 20 bucks had a shot at that. Everybody opening those monotonous black sleeves and then the, the bubble wrap inside, like you mentioned, had that same the same odds of hitting that 101. Whereas what it seems like Panini Instant's doing with the 101 black or whatever, first come, first serve, I, I'm not as crazy about that, but hey, Hopefully they have worked out so it's fair, but something I'm skeptical about that. Yeah. All right. Chris Carter says, regarding print runs, would collectors prefer cards like Young Guns or jerseys or jersey cards, et cetera, to be one, individually numbered like 90s inserts out of 10,000 or a generic one of 10,000, like the Stanley Cup Heroes, which is actually out of 5,000, 10,000 ones or errors, or not know the print runs and let the market guess the print run. So that's a really, really good question, Chris Carter, because we talk about this We've talked about this on the show with Upper Deck, with Panini, about why don't they publish their print runs. And they go with number three. And that's for, they 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 believe it's to keep, it's to keep, they like keeping the hobby guessing. They think that adds value. And I think having no number on there versus say one of 25,000 or one of 75,000 or whatever that number might be, especially when it comes to prison basketball, I think we're better off not knowing. Nah, that, that's weird. I don't want to say we're better off not knowing. I think the cards are more desirable because we don't know. But there's a there's a tipping point where the number gets low enough where they become more desirable. And there's other products in the product menu every year that offers those. So yeah. it's like Young Guns, Prism, you're just not ever going to see that. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the print runs for the on-demand products, again, they're all over the place. Like Tops now, they've had print runs as low as 14 cards. There's a they've got MLS soccer cards, right? Um, and there's one card that they only printed 14, right? Like it wasn't even worth the money for them to print them, but they they still did them, right? Versus Bernie Sanders card, which printed almost a hundred thousand cards. <laughs> like the Griff, like the Griffey Shore card from 2020. The highest one before that was uh, the Fauci card, where he was throwing out the first pitch for the 2020 game, uh, first MLB 2020 game. They printed 42,000. Those cards are doing very well on the secondary. They are like a base card. I think is still selling for about 40 or 50 dollars. Do you think is that because the sports card fans? Are buying them up, or has that kind of gone mainstream and gotten away from you know really hit, yeah. hit mainstream culture? I, I well, a couple of thoughts on that. I think the print run was so high because of Tops Now rewards. Okay, so you buy anything, and I mean anything. You get points, the, right? On the Tops website, you get these points but you can only use them for Tops Now products. So people that were buying all these Project 2020 cards, they were sitting on hundreds of thousands of points that they, could, they couldn't they could use. So they finally used them for a Fauci card, right? One of the first cards of the season. So the, the print run ran up. And then there was also, they started introducing uh, parallel cards, uh, numbered parallel cards this past season. And I'm sure it was people chasing those parallel cards too. So um, that... So that explains the print run, but what explains the current secondary market values being remaining healthy in your, in your opinion? 
I don't know. It's hard to explain. I really don't know. I it's uh, is it people coming in, new people coming into the hobby? Uh, you know, is it because of COVID? You know, it's a is it the lovability of Fauci himself and and just people who don't collect cards are like finding his card somehow by googling his name? Like I, I don't know how yeah. many how many non sports card collectors are buying the Fauci card and the Bernie card? You know. Yeah, I, it's a it's an open ended question. I have no idea, yeah. but I'm curious. I'm curious. Okay, Peeps confirms for us it's a 2008 Topps Chrome Kobe LeBron, which is a really nice looking card. The uh, the Menendez brothers, that's the Mark Jackson hoops, right? Jordan confirms. Yep. So does Chris. So does Tiger. Yep. Thanks, guys. Creepy card. It is a creepy card. It is a creepy card. Thumbs hit the thumbs up for Jeremy muting himself. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Daniel Flanagan. I'm not sure I've seen that name before. So if I haven't, welcome to the show. It says Sam Zim, Sam Vincent Hoops card with Michael Jordan. Only card with a different jersey number. Ooh, that's... I think I recently heard about this. I forget the jersey. 50-something, I maybe? Ah, that's probably wrong. But I remember hearing about that. That's pretty cool. There's also, you know, uh, when I had Paul Lesko on the show, which is going back months now. I forget when he was on in probably May, June, July in there. He's coming on again. I'll just put it up for you all at the bottom here, upcoming episode. So Paul Lesko is kind of like the resident hobby legal analyst. There he is. He's coming on with me on March the 13th. On the first episode that he was on with me back, in, and you can find it in the archives of the show, we talked about the lawsuit between Upper Deck and Panini, where Upper Deck was taking an action against Panini because Panini put Michael Jordan this big, you can see him this big in the background of, I think, a Scotty Pippen card. And they're not allowed to put him on a card and Upper Deck to protect their intellectual property, open up a case. And we're going to get an update on that from Paul on March the 13th because he follows these things. He's a lawyer. He he goes into the court documents and he reads everything go, going on legally in the hobby. So always interesting episodes. He'll be on the main show, Sports Cards Live, March the 13th. Come and check that out. Come and join us for that. Here's another, uh, sorry, another cameo oh. card from way back when. Yeah. The Tom Selleck, Michael Jordan. Oh, that rings a bell. What was that card? Uh, or no, was it Tom Selleck? Maybe, it was, it was, I know it was Tom Selleck. Maybe it wasn't Michael Jordan, but there was a Tom Selleck upper deck baseball card because he was filming Mr. Baseball, I think. And he was, uh, he was there. It was like a, you know, he was trying doing spring training or something with one of the teams. I want to say it was Michael Jordan. I have it in a box somewhere, but the white Sox could have been when he was, was yeah. he doing it with the white Sox sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. Could have been. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Daniel Flanagan ordered Tony Gwynn tops project 2020 in December. They threw in an extra rainbow foil card. There you go. That's pretty cool. So late in the C series, and I think it was probably to trying to get interest going towards the end of the end of the project, they started to introduce foil cards. And it was initially they said it was going to replace the base card. So instead, if you ordered one and you got a foil, well, you you didn't get the base, you got the foil. But they were actually sending both. They were sending a base and a foil. So you oh. only ordered one card and you got the foil, you got two cards. That's pretty cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, so Jordan tells us Michael Jordan wore the number 12 when his jersey got stolen on the road. Joe says number five, Jordan. So we'll see what comes out of that. Peep says 40,000 plus print run on the tops now. Mukoko, soccer card, youngest ever debut in the Bundesliga, 16 years old. That's crazy. Kickdown says Sam Vincent, PSA 10 hoops card going for over 
$200 with one day plus left. That is nuts. Sorry, just well, before you go on, on yep. the Google Coco, that, yeah, so that was another high print run. There were parallels with that card. And that's the speculation as to why the print run was high for, high for that. Not just because he's a great player and a young player, but they were doing uh, yellow and blue, uh, yellow and black parallels of those cards. They didn't say the odds of those cards. They were just randomly inserting them. Cool. All right. Thanks for the clarifying that. Uh, Daniel Flanagan, love the show. I watch every episode on replay. Well, thank you, Dan Flanagan. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's very flattering and very happy that you do. It's great to have you live. I hope you're enjoying it tonight. Despite despite my, me muting myself for like five solid, long, <laughs> painful for both of us. Minutes. Stop torturing yourself, man. Stop torturing yourself. Funny. I, I think it's, it's pretty funny, actually. Peep says, one could look at it like this. The high print run reflects high demand and exposure, so it's not necessarily bad. Yeah. If they're being consumed and tucked away in collections, that's what the hobby is supposed to be. Collect the cards, love them, look at them, enjoy them, right? They're, that's, what, that's what they are. They're supposed to evoke good feelings in you when you look at your collection. So, And that's another thing. Oftentimes, we don't look at our collections enough. It's good to take some time. And, you know, it comes back to that, just that whole theory on life. Just enjoy what you have. Don't worry so much about what you don't have. But it's also good to covet things. Keeps you motivated. Keeps you maybe active in whatever your career is to, uh, to keep on um, getting out there and being successful if that's how you measure it. So I agree. very fair. Okay. Number 45 was on a number of cards. Number 12, just this one as you only work for one game. Excellent. Excellent clarification. Tiger Jordan says 98 Fleer tradition, Kobe with Jordan and the 98 upper deck, the Jordan files with Kobe also going bonkers. And that makes sense to me that these would go bonkers. Chris Carter says, excuse my ignorance, as this is my first intro to these types of on-demand cards, but is there a big grading PSA, BGS, et cetera, on these? So yeah, that's a good question. How much, how many of the people that are collecting these on-demand or in-the-moment cards to tie into your new YouTube channel name, which I'll throw back up there for you, yeah. how, how many people in your circles are actually um, getting these things? I see you are, but are a lot of people getting them graded? Um. Yes and no. Baseball, I would say not so much. And on the baseball side, it's usually for personal collection. Like for myself, I don't grade a lot of the the tops now baseball cards. I grade one because I like I like having them in a BGS slab because they look great and I want to protect them. But I'm not really grading these to flip. Um, basketball, I am uh, because it's basketball and basketball is crazy right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um the upper deck game data moments i was the first one to grade the airs right like i and i'm finding i'm one of the first and that was the advantage of of len potty and <clears throat> brad with psa canada with their, their amazing turnarounds i was the first to get things graded right uh so again the f1 cards that i'm Hopefully getting back next week, I'm one of the first ones to grade and I know I'm going to do well on them Yeah, right? because there's none else out there. First mover advantage, man. It's, uh, it's, a, real, <laughs> it's a real thing for sure. For sure. Uh, Stephen Foley. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. I hope uh, if you didn't catch the earlier episode tonight with Patrick Bet David and Carvin Chung, 
check that out too because boy was that ever awesome and um i appreciate the comment man and great to have you uh viewing live tonight legion where have you been man you just getting here and legion's loyal viewer great to have you as always jordan says jeremy and james what are your thoughts on bgs black labels do you own any i'll go first since uh since james just ran off for a moment but i do not own any jordan um my thoughts on them it's a it's it's an extreme example of buying the slab not the card you know, Ken Golden from Golden Auctions, he put it so well in his uh, in his hobby uh, address, address to the hobby. He did a couple of weeks ago on his Instagram live. He really, he laid it out very simply. He said, investors buy the slab and collectors buy the card. And I think that that was bang on. I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm both. I'm a collector, hardcore collector, but I'm also an investor little less hardcore but i look at my cards as an as especially the ones that are worthy of it as investments so i would not spend the extra money i've never owned a bgs 10 black label i've only owned one or two bgs 10s of anything i don't currently have any i don't think and i have no desire to add bgs 10 black labels now that's just me not to say there's not a demand for them because there is but you're buying the rarity of the slab you're not buying the rarity of the card and to me I'm, you know, a PSA 9 is still a mint condition card. A BGS 9 is a mint condition card, according to their grading scales. And that's all we ever cared about in the 80s and 90s were mint condition. We There was no gem mint back then. There was no pristine. Didn't exist. There was no black label. That's for darn sure. So my thoughts, those are my thoughts. They're in the hobby. I think they're cool. I think they look nice, but I would never spend the premiums on a black label to get that one extra 0.5. Because if you think about it, a Beckett, a Beckett card isn't graded out of 10. It's actually graded out of 40. If you add up the subgrades, you have a potential of 40. A black label is a perfect 40. A 39.5 is still pretty darn strong. And that, and every BGS 10 that exists is a 39.5. Every BGS 10 that exists is 0.5 away from black label. So if you're ever on eBay and someone is selling a BGS 10 and they say 0.5 away from black label, don't forget every BGS 10 is 0.5 away from a black label. So again, but the, to come back to the, the, the spirit of the question for me, I'm pretty much as happy with a PSA 9 as I am with a PSA 10 for several cards. Most Some cards I want 10s, of course. But as far as BGS 10 black label, not interested. BGS 10, I'm not really interested. I'm happy with a, a true gem BGS 9 with all four 9.5s or a true gem plus three 9.5s and a 10 or two 9.5s and two 10s. I hope that explained it. James, do you have anything to add? There's one. <laughs> yep. So um, I think I mentioned anything that I've got slabbed in a BGS slab. These are my PC cards. I bought them from tops and I sent them into BGS to get graded. I was lucky enough. This, so this is a uh, Vlad. Oh, sorry. Bobichet's debut card. Right. So what's the value of that card in that holder? Any idea? No idea. Honestly, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the pop report of late. This may be the only black label. Okay. Because there's, there's a formula to determine the value of the slab. Here's the formula guys. Take the value of that card, any card, in a BGS 10 black label black label holder. Subtract from that the value of that same card raw. 
And there you have the value of, the, of that little black certificate in there. You can apply that same formula to what's the value, what's the difference in the value of a BGS black 10 versus a regular BGS 10. One minus the other tells you what the what that what that is worth. And you know, again, Ken Golden said, and Ken Golden is rubbing shoulders with the biggest investors in the hobby right now. And and they're investors. A lot of these people are investors. And he said they they want that slab because they then know they have the assurance of the population. And even though population, even though population databases aren't perfect because of regrades and and crossovers and all that kind of thing, pop-outs and everything, right? They're still pretty darn close. I mean, let me let me rephrase that. They're as good as we have in terms of information. So so that's what they're buying. And they're buying because there's reliability on how many there are out there. And that makes sense to me from an investor perspective, but I'm also a collector. So for me, I'm happy with, with the card in a holder that I'm that I'm gonna be you know okay with. And in most cases, in all cases, it doesn't have to have a black label, doesn't even have to be a BGS 10, BGS 95s, PSA 10s, PSA 9s. And as you get older and older, right, and cards become more and more expensive, then I'm happy with PSA ones, twos, and threes for a lot of cards. There was there's one um, a card collector. Well, what's Mike out of Texas? Do you watch any of his stuff? Um, he's really big into he he's chasing Hall of Fame cards. He's he's trying to um, and he's doing a bunch of different registries. Um, is Mike, he the, does he go by Baseball Collector on YouTube? Yes. I yeah. Am, Sure, I'm. Yeah, he's a, he's like an OG YouTuber. Yeah, I'm familiar with Mike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was watching his stuff for quite a few years, and you know, he wasn't chasing tens; he was chasing eights and nines because they were so much more affordable. You can get so many more. Yeah, so many more. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a collector, right? That's collecting. But as a consequence of the direction the hobby's gone in, a lot of his eights and nines have become investable type pieces. So. Yeah. Big Unit says uh, 2170 subs doubled. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if it's, is it doubled in three weeks? Wow. I didn't think it did, but wow. Thank you, Big Unit. I appreciate the congratulations. Tiger Jordan says Panini instant basketball cards are big, particularly, particularly since so many come out of production with minor corner. Right. When a car, when there's pure, when there's poor quality control, the cards that actually survive in gem mint condition become rarer and more valuable. Let's go to Darcy's question here. If you don't mind, James, he says, yeah. Hey, you guys, what do you guys think was the most significant change in this hobby over, over all years for the appeal of the collector? Jerseys, autos, design, and grading. What do you – I mean, I think it's all three. I think grading had the biggest impact on the hobby overall. The grading is – I saw – I forgot. If you're watching whoever said this, I forget who said it. Someone said it. I was watching some contests. said the grading is the lifeblood of the hobby. That might have been last night on the crossover with uh, with Josh and Chris. I forget who said it, but the grading is the lifeblood of the hobby, and that's that's true. Grading is the it, it or the, the lubricant that keeps the hobby moving. Something like that. I forget how it was said, but I agree. I agree with that. Do you have a take? Yeah, sorry. I think it. I think it depends on the sport, right? Like you look at basketball. No one cares about the autographs. They're chasing prisms. They're chasing you know, different parallels and versions of prism or hoops or, or select, right. There's, they don't care about, or rookie patch autos, right. Which are a fortune. 
Um, baseball, I would say probably autographs, but again, it depends on the product. Um, sure. Yeah, no, for sure it does. I think, and I think, you know, I agree completely. And, uh, but, you know, and I think Darcy's question, he's like, you know, what, what was the most, sig- yeah, like I think, well, <laughs> I remember when you first could pull a pack, uh, sorry, an autograph out of a pack. That was mind blowing. I also remember the first time we had jersey cards. That blew my mind even more because we had seen autograph cards from in person autos or ma- through the mails for decades. That was nothing new. But the first time you saw a piece of jersey embedded within the card in 1996, that was mind blowing. I remember that day going to Superstar Sports Cards in Winnipeg on Portage Avenue and seeing one of these or hearing about them, whichever it was, and be like, what? Game used jersey in the cart? Are you kidding me? And yeah. you couldn't even, they were super rare back then. To me, that's the biggest design change or, you know, um, what, like uh, what a component of a card that was added. Autographs, not as much for me, but grading is a huge difference for yeah. sure, for sure. Foul Fieball says, what is Black Label? I think I have explained it since then, but just to, again, it's when every subgrade on a Beckett card gets a 10. So on James's card, if you can see, all of those subgrades, centering, corners, edges, surface, they're all 10s. So when you get a perfect 10, you get the Black Label. Chris says, looking at Lemieux base on Com C, best cameo I've seen is a blurry Peter, blurry Peter Forsberg. Found one with Jagger's back. Pop two on the on that Bichette. There you go. Says yep. Wes Wong. Yeah, very cool. Justin Turner says Candy Maldonado's 91 Upper Deck baseball card has Corey Haim on the back with a baseball glove on. That's kind of neat. Yeah, cool. Kind of neat for sure. From okay. Ty also says, well said about BGS grading out of 40. Never thought of it that way before. Totally agree about mint. Grew up collecting in the 80s and early 90s, and the term mint was considered the best. Darn straight it was, Tiger Jordan. Darn straight it was. Peter Chow, investors know that the number of cards in any grade is no higher than the population report and that and maybe lower due to crackouts and regrades, etc. I really like this point because there is confidence knowing that the number on the pop report is the maximum it might be and it's likely lower. Now, I don't know about that for 10s because for who's breaking out a 10? You look at the PSA pop report, you're not likely breaking it out of 10 to send it to Beckett to hope for a BGS 10. You might, because there is an incremental value in going from a PSA 10 to a BGS 10. But if it goes the other way on you and you get a BGS 9.5, you just lost that gamble pretty bad. So, uh, but when it comes to lower grade, any grade lower than a 10, you're it's correct that that is the maximum it could be because people are always... Right, I won't say all people are regularly busting out PSA nines to go to for BGS nine fives and so on and so forth. Or resubbing to try and get the 10, hoping that they get a different grader. One way or the other, right? Those cards, yeah. One way or the other, that that BGS eight is no longer in existence because someone cracked it to send it back to Beckett or to send it to PSA. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that, James. Uh, Jordan says, Jeremy, your, what's your favorite one of one parallel? Nebula, gold vinyl, black, black disc. Mine's gold vinyl. How about you, James? I yeah, don't. It doesn't really apply to you, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Superbad says, what about bat barrel nameplate cards in baseball? I think they're really cool. They're, they remind me of the property ofs we've seen in hockey and the cup. I know yeah. Leaf, has, Leaf has put out some really nice um, nameplate cards in their in their products as well. Just one note on on relic cards and just coming back to tops now cards 
all the relics that they use for, so they, they, again, I mentioned they put out autograph cards. Yeah. They also do auto relic cards or just relic cards. The relics that they use are all games, game used relics. So they're either bases from, from that game or from that game. Wow. That's... So, so they'll have, it'll have the hologram, the authentic hologram sticker on the piece. So you've got like a little square of a base or a baseball and there's a sticker on there with the the code that you can go and look up and it'll say, yep, this base was used from innings one through three of this particular game. Yeah. Yeah. Right and on, right it's on. pretty interesting relics too. Um, when um, uh, his name's escaping me right now, who signed with the Padres uh, a couple of years ago, big player uh, Machado Machado. Yeah. Oh yeah. Machado. Machado. <laughs> I don't know baseball like a lot of people though. Um, they had a press conference and they used a tablecloth. Oh, they took the tablecloth and they made relic cards out of it. I mean, you know what? It's, it's a little cheesy, but it's really cool because you can always go back and watch that and say, I have a piece of that tablecloth right there that their elbows are on and the might, you know, that's kind of neat. It's just different. different. It's, gimmicky. It's, it's gimmicky, but it's neat. Yeah. It's neat. MCAM, my boy, Mikey says, what nineties junk wax are you buying? What are you selling? I mean, I bought I bought a box of uh, of well, it wasn't '90s. It was 2003 Van, uh, Pacific Vanguard last week, but um, and I'm not really selling much right now. How you doing any of this yourself, James? No. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. I've got another deck. <laughs> Billy, welcome to the show. Says, did the introduction of game worn material usher companies out of the '90s junk era? Be a player was already doing an auto per pack for a couple of years at that point. I, mean, I think it was part of the natural transition from the early 90s junk wax era and the because there was significant innovation in in the early, in 1990 and 89 particularly when Upper Deck put out that first set with a hologram on the back the way better cardstock well that you know that's a preference now too but the higher quality cardstock the colored pictures on the back of the cards right for the first time I believe we had awesome photography on the back they don't do that anymore they don't put it and it was a different picture on the back now if there's a picture on the back oftentimes it's a it's the same a cropped photo from the one that's on the front but i think that it was just the uh, a more of a organic evolution moving from okay what what can we do now you know we've we we blew up the hobby in the early 90s people left we got to get their attention back what can, how can we innovate and bring them back and i think that's what what that was, Billy, if, if you want my opinion. MSC, welcome to the show. Another new name I haven't seen before. Hope you're enjoying it. Says, Tops now is a sleeper pickup. James, can you speak to that comment, please? Uh, I agree. Uh, you know, and again, I'm a collector, and this is this is the product that I have been drawn to because it's a collector product, but I, I really do believe it's a sleeper because, again, known print runs, you know, you've got cards that there are less than 100 of, right? unnumbered but there are cards that are out there less than 100 less than 200 of some big players so yeah. you know like this this bichette card there were oh no this doesn't have the print run on it sometimes they were they would put the print runs bgs puts the print runs on it um but they don't have this um you know the print runs right and and there are guys that will come along and go, oh, that, I just saw this card. Oh, there's only 200 of them, right? Yeah, it's it's a sleeper. And I, I think Formula One is probably a perfect example. The Bundesliga, the soccer cards from Europe, those are 
those are are trending up in value too. Yeah. Yep. Well, he goes on to say, and they're gorgeous. So I mean, it's tough yeah. to tell, but you you agree with that? They're beautiful. The, they, I got to say, the quality is really good. Uh, you know, I it's not difficult to get a ten, <laughs> right, or a PSA ten. Uh, that they they tend to do fairly well with the quality. They will correct cards. I've had some cards that have come pretty banged up and I've, you know, tops has been pretty good with their customer service as slow as they can be. They've been pretty good with their customer service and they've replaced them. That's cool. That's nice to hear. All right. We're going to wrap this up pretty quick because we're 10 minutes past your, you said, uh, yeah. And MSC concurs quality. Oh yeah. I want to go back to this one from tiger. Jordan he says agree about grading would also mention the internet and eBay completely transformed the marketplace in terms of access information, pricing transparency. And I'll take you one step further, tiger Jordan. I'll say that, it was the internet and eBay that gave rise to the need for grading because for the first time in our history as a hobby and as in humanity, really, we were buying, I'll, I'll scale that back a bit because there was mail order too back in the day, but we were buying cards sight unseen on a much more regular basis than, than any time before. So grading is a direct result of the advent of the internet and the global economy that, you know, so yeah. And that comes back to Darcy's question from earlier and yeah, the internet and eBay changed the hobby more than anything ever has did. I mean, you had grading, you had breaking, breaking was another revolutionary change. And the next one really is uh, the fractionals, which is still new, but I think will become a mainstay and something that will drive the hobby at many levels for years to come. Okay, David Kaplan, welcome, my man in Vancouver, says, are any of those early 90s limited upper deck autos getting more love now? Yeah, like the Brett Hull, there was a triple auto, uh, there was the Reggie Jackson, I think was the first one ever from 1990 upper deck, I believe. I'm not watching those, to be honest, I, they're, to me, they're kind of neat, but I don't love, I didn't love that art even back in the day, that art just wasn't, didn't speak to me, so I don't know if they're getting in love. I, I'm not watching them at all, Dave, but love to find out if they are or they aren't. Tiger Jordan agrees 100%. Yeah, appreciate that. And Mike says, what do you, what do you think of star stock and day trading? Do you want to? Do you have any comments on that, James? I, I can't get into it. I, I It's not for me. I, again, I'm, I'm a collector at heart, so star stock is, is not my gig. Yeah, uh, and you know what? No, fair, fair comment, man. I mean, and then you're a collector. That's what you're doing. So that's, and you know what? For me, um, I don't use star stock. I don't day trade. I don't, I'm a buy and hold guy. I buy my cards to hold them. Now I will buy collections and I'll go to card shows and I'll buy cards to flip just like anybody who sets up a card shows does. But I'm not buying those cards for my personal collection in the first place. I'm buying them to make going to card shows more fun profitable hopefully it pays for my trip my hotel my car rental hopefully it buys me some cards hopefully i get to buy some, i'm playing with house money to an extent that's why i buy collections buy cards to flip if i can find a good deal on a card that i don't want to keep for myself i will buy it to make a profit i'm one of a million that does that yep. but i don't buy cards for my personal collection to flip so i don't have the time patience or really the brain power at this point to get involved in and nor the interest and i can't keep up with it right these guys are going to have a game that's going to either decrease or increase the value of their cards and i guarantee you i'm not going to be on the ball 
and I'm not going to get onto the website and either increase my price uh, accordingly or go buy the cheap ones that other people did. I'm just not react, you know, and that's a function of my life, full-time career, full-time family, full-time hobby and hobby show. I don't have time to, to mess around with star stock on that, but I think it, there's a, I definitely think there's a need for it. There's a place for it in the hobby and it's taken off. Kevin Durant's an investor. I mean, it's no joke and it's got its place. It's another arm that in the hobby, right? Just like the 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 uh, fractional ownership, it's just another arm that's taking off as part of the hobby. It's another, yeah. And let me let me add that it's another business model that's being innovated and applied to the hobby. And just because it exists, doesn't mean you have to do it. A lot of people in the hobby, like we're very we're very protective and territorial of the hobby a lot of the time. And so a lot of people are like, oh, it it's no good. It's gonna fail. Well, it may be no good and it may fail, but it may not. It may, it has a place and time will tell, right? Time will, if it doesn't have a place, it'll disappear because no one's going to keep right. on throwing good money after bad. No, no investor businessman is going to do that. So anyway, let's, let's, let's uh, go ahead, James. Well, there was one thing and I, I, I'm trying to invite myself back on, <laughs> but there's actually a, a topic and I, I texted you earlier about it today. I want to come back and talk to you about the next time we have a show. And specifically, specifically for you and me, um, the expo. Um, I want to come back on and I want to talk to you about it because you've been a long time attendee seller. I want to hear what your thoughts on are, are on how it's going to change or what it's going to look like the next time we have one. I mean, man, I talk about this all the time, so I don't mind giving you a, just answering it right now. I mean, it's you. Uh, we can go another 15 minutes if you want to stay up that late. So here's my, here's my thought. It's going to be epic. And if you are in the hobby, you will want to be there. Whether you're in the United States or Canada or Europe or Mexico or the Honduras, you want to come to the expo in Toronto the next time it happens, I'm guessing. And my talking with Steve Menzi, who owns it, I'm thinking it's going to be, it's going to be November. It's not going to be May. I don't think it's going to be May. And uh, Mikey, who's in the crowd here, this is Mikey. Mikey works with Steve on the expo. Maybe he can let us know if he has any more intel on that. But but James, my thoughts are it's going to be freaking epic. And uh, I cannot wait. And it's going to be hard to move around. And there's you're, if you see a card you want, you better buy it when you see it. Because if you don't, it's going to get snapped up. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be social. There's going to be more social activity than ever before. And I think a lot of that has to do with these communities that have been building during the last year, during the pandemic, because there's so many, the Instagram community, the Facebook groups community, all the YouTube channels like this one right here, where we have the communities. It's going to be amazing, man. That's my thoughts. Do you think the product mix will change? Because Expo has been known to be what? 90% hockey. Let's say you're going to see more basketball than ever before. I think football, you're going to see more football than ever before. Baseball will probably remain the same because it's just baseball's kind of like, you know, it's your meat and potatoes of the hobby, right? It's kind of always there. And, uh, but you're going to see more basketball than ever before. That's what, that's where, you're, and soccer, you're going to notice more soccer too. And yeah. Pokemon, you're going to notice more Pokemon too. I would have to say, yeah. Do you think that the, the type of buyer will be different? And the reason I say that is because I saw, I was watching a video from, uh, uh, from this gentleman, Sasha, and he was at, it seems to be a fairly big collector in. Um, Sasha T. 
Sasha T. Yes. Great content. Great content. Yeah, he he was at the Dallas show from two or three weeks ago, and I was watching that, and I, I was blown away. I was yeah. blown away by the amount of money, cash, that this guy oh. was throwing down. Bricks of hundred, ten thousand dollar bricks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Seventy grand. All right. Let's 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 do seventy on that. Sure. Yeah. Sasha. Yeah, guys. If you haven't seen that, check out Sasha T on eBay. He. He puts out some of the best content out there right now. It's nothing like this. He's doing like follow me in my real life as I'm hustling sort of stuff. And it's awesome. Okay. I'm going to run through the comments. I'm not going to address them, but we're going to put them up here. Maybe a quick address and then we're going we're gonna to roll. Okay. So um, I want to go to Billy here. 90s Hawking tits are getting some love. Lost out on a Thornton Black Diamond at 750 and a sack at Z Gold at 550. Dave Kaplan, have you been watching the action on the graded 90s Marvel cards? People chasing PSA 10s. Jordan says, what is your most recent addition to your eBay save search listing? Can't share that. That's private. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> I'm keeping that one close to the chest. Uh, Mikey says, you should have Steve on again soon for a great update. Yeah, great idea. Thank you. We will talk to Steve soon. Thank you, uh, Mikey. Appreciate that. More 30 and 40-somethings coming over from fantasy players. Yeah. So to your, to your question, James, about is it going to be a different buyer? We're just going to see so many more people. It's going to cover the gamut from more collectors, more investors, more speculators. We're going to see it all. Yep. And MSC says, do you think California creators get an edge over others? No, I don't think so at all. I don't think so at all. Um, but if you have a, an angle on that, I'm curious to know what you mean by that MSC. But no, I mean, uh, you know, some of like we've got um, you've got um, Brad from the Comeback Card Investor, who's a great content creator. He was on this show. I've been on his show. Really nice guy documenting his journey back in the hobby um he's got a ton of followers but he's also more more kind of mechanical about the way he does things he's following not mechanical he's following the youtube formula and applying it to sports i don't follow the youtube formula i just do what i do here so um i don't i don't necessarily think so hockey chris's most recent save search is ziggy palfi i love it chris carter i've listened to every episode on itunes and have loved the show thanks chris man that's super cool I hope that the the podcast comes over uh, pretty well, and I'm glad you're I'm glad you're listening, man. I'm glad you're listening to it, Tiger Jordan. Thanks, Jeremy James. Much appreciate you are welcome, MSC. Thank you for clarifying. Appreciate that, Chris Carter. This is the first time I've got to be on live with you, and guys, it's been great. Thanks to to you, all of your guests on every show. Thank you, Chris Carter. Really great to have you live. Oh, before we cut off, as I promised Jordan earlier, we're gonna show the standings of the. Wait, before we do that. California was the first, so they had a head start. California was the first, so they had a head start is what I thought. First, what do you mean, MSE? First at what? Are you talking about content creators? Like, I don't know what you mean. I'm sorry, MSE. I apologize. I don't know what you mean. In the meantime, while you type up more clarity, I'm going to share my uh, my screen with you guys. <clears throat> and this is for uh, anyone who's watching right now That is that is a part of the... Sports Cards Live Fantasy Pool. Here are the standings right now. We're doing it in Yahoo. So, oh, look at, I'm number two. That's me, Salani and Eggers. Ah, it's a, it's a play on salami and eggs, if you don't get that. I didn't, I thought I was down here. Sorry, I thought I was down here in like uh, fourth or fifth place, but I have moved up into second place. Very happy to see we have Dan in first, myself in second, Terry's in third. There's Jordan, North Korea in fourth. And uh, and so on and so forth. We got uh, we got ten guys in the pool, and I'm in second place. Hey hey hey! I didn't. I had no idea. That's wicked, wicked. I, I like the North Korea 
I know that's that's a really good one. I love it too. Pringles pylons, the no regret skis. That's actually Billy. I uh, know that's where is it? Which is oh, this is Billy Osgrade from Billy Works Upper Deck. He's Osgrade. The no regret skis. Oh, who's that again? Damn, I can't remember who, who everybody is. But anyway, there's the standings, and we'll try and bring these up on the after hours episodes every week if if, if I remember and we have time. But uh, there they are. So I'm proud to be in second place. Maybe I'll win a prize. All right. Well, listen, um, this has been fun, James. Thank you for being patient and for coming on with me and, and uh, you know, at the end, uh, not at the end, but coming on for, uh, for, for after hours. It's been a pleasure to have you, man. It's really just nice to talk about something that I'm not used to talking about, like these in the moment guys. And I love the name of your channel, by the way. I think you nailed the name. Thank you because it covers all of the different companies and their direct-to-consumer cards. In the moment, sports cards, like you nailed it, bro. Congratulations on that. Guys, if you're not following him yet, give him a follow. And I'll say this, I'll say this, you know, you don't have to watch every video that any that a channel puts out, but it just makes us as, as YouTubers or content creators, makes us feel good when we get that additional subscription. It's just nice to see that people... It's a nod, and we appreciate that. So give uh, give James some subscriptions tonight from the audience here. I'd be I'd appreciate. I know he will too. I'm gonna run through the final comments here, guys. So get him in if you don't mind, and then uh, James will say your goodbye. So MSC says California was first. They had a head start technology wise. Um, I, I don't I don't think so. I don't see any advantage there. But but interesting take, man. And um, thanks for raising it, and thank you for joining tonight. Good choices, Jeremy. Thank you, Legion. Thank you very much. My goalies are too good. Yeah, goalies are always good. <laughs> Please score less points. I want to win this thing. I want to win this thing. Hey, like I said, when we did the draft, I'm like, it might not look good if I win the draft, you know, but hey, someone's like, why not? I said, yeah, you're right. It's There's no cheating possible. I, it's totally transparent. We're doing it on Yahoo, so Yahoo Fantasy. All right, guys, everybody, thank you for joining us tonight uh, on both episodes. If you were here, thank you for uh, lasting through my my mute uh, mistake earlier on, but I thank you for sticking with it. James, thanks again for joining. You were awesome. Thank and, you. Um, we'll talk about getting you on again in the future. So final comments from you, and then we're going we're gonna to end it for the night. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, if, again, I'm always willing to talk about Tops Now, Panini Instant, Upper Deck Game Dated. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Well, let's see what happens with Project 70. Maybe, you know, when they get through those 600 cards or when they're nearing the end or if something crazy happens with them, like we saw with Project 2020 back in that May boom, maybe we'll have a, a good reason to get you back on sooner and uh, and kind of debrief what's going on with Project 70 if something exciting happens. All right. They Sorry, they launched this week. Oh, brand new. Very cool. Guys, check out the upcoming episodes on Sports Cards Live coming up here in the next few weeks. And there are more book, trust me. So, that's what's coming up. You're welcome, Jordan. I'm glad you had a fun night. Thank you, MSC. Great to have you. We will keep these shows coming. It's uh, it's we're 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 we're, we're uh, we got the rhythm going here. So, everybody, good night. We'll see you at the uh, we'll see you next Saturday. Have a great uh, week ahead, everybody. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.